Welcome to Watching Trees Grow, a podcast by Troutwood, hosted by Jean Natali, co-founder and CEO of Troutwood. Watching Trees Grow is here to help Gen Z plant the seed for a sustainable and stable financial future. If you'd like to discover more from Troutwood, our speaker series is designed to work side-by-side with the Troutwood suite of investment, educational, and financial planning tools. Please visit troutwood.com to learn more. Now, here's Jean Natali. Welcome to Troutwood Live, episode number five. My name is Gene Natalia, I'm the CEO of Troutwood. We have a very uh, special guest here at Troutwood Live. We interview amazing people from amazing companies, and our hope is that we inspire young minds across the country. Our guest today, uh, someone I've gotten to know over the past year, Haley Menez with Ingersoll Rand. Hey, everybody. Haley, welcome to Troutwood Live. Haley, you Thank are- Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, the pleasure is ours. You are our first guest to be in a car. Yes. Yes, I'm in a car. So I am a sales engineer for Ingersoll Rand. And part of what we do is we drive around and visit customers. So today I'm in between visiting a couple of different customers, but really wanted to be with you guys. So I'm taking it from my car today. Oh, I love it. Can you, can you tell us both well, where are you geographically right now? Where in the United States are you working? So I work in Minnesota um, in the Twin Cities area. I live in Minneapolis, but right now I'm a little northwest of the city in Monticello, Minnesota is a small town um, where I'm visiting some customers. And, and before we started, Haley showed us what it looked like outside her window. For anyone who doesn't see snow or doesn't live in Minnesota, <laughs> it is white. <laughs> yeah, that's how it looks about six months of the year. <laughs> uh, the winter times in Minnesota. We are going to be diving. We have just um, Haley's presentation. I've already seen it is terrific. We're going to start like we always do with a finance term of the week. Today's finance term extremely important educators this is worth homework assignments students this is a, a finance term you want to know well Haley will tie it into her presentation Roth IRA translator what's a Roth IRA translator Louie IRA, and those videos are on troutwood.com, our Finglish videos, it is an individual retirement account in which you can grow your money tax-free. Uh, I'm going to have questions for Haley, and I encourage our live audience to have questions for Haley, and I'll, I'll share a story once we dive in, um, because I know that Haley has a Roth IRA. Yes, I do. I'm curious, Haley, how long have you had a Roth IRA? When did you open your Roth IRA? And sorry to go on a tangent right away. No, that's okay. I opened, I should have opened one right starting when I had my first internship of college, but um, I opened one after I graduated and started this job with Ingersoll Rand. Excellent. And then a Roth IRA, when did you first hear the term? I'm curious. One level of education. When you came and spoke to one of my classes in college, we were reading your book, uh, The Missing Semester. And um, we had, there was a chapter on it and you actually came and spoke to us about it. And it sparked my interest. And as I was getting ready to graduate and starting to worry about what I was going to do with money I was making or where I was going to put it, I pulled your book back out 
I remembered you talking about it and it sparked me to kind of take steps to open one. And I love that with our conversation right now, we can inspire people to know what a Roth IRA is at an even younger age. Yes, definitely. I'm going to ask our, our live audience a challenge question before we slide to Haley's presentation. We always go to the, the Troutwood map and I always give our viewers a bit of a head start. And the question is, what uh, state is Ingersoll Rand's headquarters in? And the, the hint is that it's not Minnesota where Haley uh, <laughs> currently is. I'm going to bring up uh, my screen here beside, and we're going to fly to Ingersoll Rand's headquarters. I always like to use the search bar and the Troutwood map. And we fly in and see that Ingersoll is based in Davidson, North Carolina. There's a very famous basketball player that played at Davidson. Uh, so there, there's a teaser for our live audience as well. We will come back to this uh, fact sheet. I'm going to turn it over to Haley here. I know that Haley has just an incredible presentation. I encourage live questions. And um, Haley, thank you. Take it away. Awesome. Okay. Let me pull up my presentation. And while Haley is pulling up her presentation, I always like to have something on my windowsill behind me. Um, and I, I did get to meet Haley while she was at University of Minnesota. And this is a, a teaser for something that I know about Haley that maybe our uh, younger audience can relate to. I am holding a soccer ball in front of the, <laughs> the camera screen right now. All right, All right is my, can you guys see my screen? Yes, we can. Awesome. Okay, here we go. So uh, the hint with the soccer ball, I went to the University of Minnesota and played soccer there. So I was a gopher uh, on the soccer team. But while I was a gopher, I, uh, well, while I was a soccer player, also was a student and I studied mechanical engineering. Um, and that allowed me to become a sales engineer with Ingersoll Rand. So Ingersoll Rand is made up of 40 plus brands um, and we are in 50 plus countries with 16,000 employees and 100,000 global customers all over the world. So we touch um, countries that are super far away from us and are a global company. So um, my first exposure to Ingersoll Rand, so this was actually after I had gotten the job and was planning on starting in June. And uh, when COVID happened, it was actually pushed back to October. Uh, but luckily I still, still had the job. But so I was actually out at Mount Rushmore in South Dakota on a trip with friends. And we were kind of just enjoying taking in the scenery and we were at the bottom of the hill. And I come up on this building with this uh, looked like machinery, iron. I had no idea what it was. And all of a sudden I see Ingersoll Rand written across it. And I was like, that's the company I'm working for. Why would that be written on this big hunk of metal at the bottom of Mount Rushmore? So I started reading and it was an air compressor from 1940. And um, it was used to power the drills that um, sculpted Mount Rushmore. So it was my first exposure to the power of air compressors and 
kind of the span of industries that they are involved in. And it got me super excited to start working for Ingersoll Rand. Haley, what a fun fact. That What a fun, uh, for the students listening, a fun fact to take home to mom or dad tonight and see if they um, would know Ingersoll Rand's relationship with Mount Rushmore. I love that. Yeah, it was awesome. Definitely something I didn't know, but is a fun fact that I take with me uh, when people ask what Ingersoll Rand is. It's not necessarily a name everybody knows, but we have had a big influence on um, this industry. But Super so cool. what is an air compressor besides the fact that it is a big box? This is what some of them look like that you and all of your friends can fit inside. Probably some can probably fit your whole classroom inside. Um, so what is an air compressor? So I'm going to show a video kind of giving just a short overview. Let me know when you can see my screen. Excellent. I'll get there eventually. All right. No, take, take your time. I, I'm someone who was curious what an air compressor is when we first started talking, Haley. So, uh, all right. Can you see it? I can see it. Yes. All right. Great. Work utility in manufacturing, providing the kinetic energy to accomplish work in facilities around the world. What is compressed air in manufacturing? Compressed air and its proper management consist of integrated systems, supply through transmission and to demand, that is, production where compressed air is converted from stored energy to its intended use. Air is generated by air compressors, cleaned with filters and dryers, and stored in large air receivers. Creating capacitance and stabilizing system pressure, a large pressure control valve is often employed. Finally, air is distributed through pipe with multiple drops to production equipment or point of use. What does... Haley, that is really neat. You know, one of the, the fun things with, with doing Troutwood Live is we get emails from students that watch and some of our students even at younger ages are incredibly talented with videos that was a really well done video that helped explain what Ingersoll does yeah um I enjoyed that one I'm going to kind of try and bring um to light that a little bit more so if you could imagine um compressed air is kind of like a sponge so imagine holding a sponge in your hand and squeezing it down to a super small size. When you let go of that sponge, it's going to spring out because it likes to go back to its natural state. So compressed air is similar. So when we take the air and we squeeze it down, it doesn't like to be in that state. It is going to push back and try and get back to its original um, atmospheric pressure. So um, what, how that is used is it creates energy when it's down in that small ball and it's trying to expand, it creates energy that our customers can use to power their tools, um, like the Mount Rushmore, the drills were powered by the compressed air, power their tools, power their manufacturing facilities. So certain aspects of manufacturing that air is used, um, it's actually used in everything, almost everything that you eat and almost everything your dog eats. And so- um, Wait, yeah, wait, Haley, you've got to explain that further for, for me. Okay. So in manufacturing, um, 
they can use this energy. So when your food is being packed, when it's put into boxes, they use robotics. It helps power the robots to either put um, your food into packaging, to move the products down the line, to mix things. Um, it can be used across a hundred different aspects of the manufacturing facility. And it'll be taken from that video. You can see it's taken with pipes to the point of use of the facility where that air and energy is needed to um, kind of produce this product or package this product. What a neat slide on the screen. Although Haley, I have a, an important question. I see red peppers, I see broccoli, asparagus. I don't see cookies or donuts or ice cream. So we will get there. That should have, I should have put that in there. I wanted to touch on some of the other industries besides food and beverage um, that we kind of touch. We also are in aerospace, we're in car manufacturing, electronics. Uh, we are, we make, help make metal and glass and wood. So we're all across the industry of manufacturing, but something I wanted to touch on was, <laughs> like you said, Jean, um, we're in things that you're touching and eating every single day. So does anyone know the difference between a frozen tub of milk and sugar and ice cream? What's the difference? It's compressed air is the difference between frozen milk and what ice cream is and the ability to be able to scoop the ice cream out of the tub when it's frozen. Um, so I actually- That is a fun fact also, wow. I, I recently was at Wells Ice Cream where they were making um, ice cream sandwiches and blow pops and all those different things. And so some companies you might recognize that we work with is Pepsi and Coca-Cola. We work with Target and Delta Airlines. I was out at Delta at the Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport the other day working with some of their air compressors there. Um, and I actually was at a factory making Girl Scout cookies the other day. So I'm living out some of my childhood dreams. I was a Girl Scout myself. So that was um, very, very cool to be a part of. What, what does that entail, making Girl Scout cookies? So I actually got to walk through the whole facility. We were doing an air audit where we look at kind of how much air they're using and how to help them out. But um, they, it was very cool. They'd mix the cookies and they'd cut them out and then they'd take them along a conveyor belt where they would cook and then they'd come out and I'm thinking of the Samoas, if anyone likes the caramel and chocolate ones, they would go under a waterfall of caramel. I'm it was like I was in Willy Wonka, Wonka's Chocolate Factory. <laughs> there was a wall of caramel where the cookies would go underneath and then they'd have the coconut sprinkled on top and then they'd get the chocolate sprinkled. It, yeah, it was, I dream about it often. It was amazing. But yeah, so oh, they go that. through the different process and our air is used in kind of the various things that help make the cookies. I love that. What an experience. Yes. So kind of what I do um, in this process with the air compressors is I try and help our customers um, with their efficiency, reliability, and quality. And so our air compressors do a really good job if we 
size them correctly to save our customers money. If they're not sized correctly, you can waste a lot of money on the energy it takes to run these big machines. So I try and save our customers money and make sure that our compressors do not break. We want to sell them really good machinery so that because if Coca-Cola goes down or the cookie factory goes down, hundreds of thousands of cookies and Coca-Cola bottles are not made. So these companies lose a ton of money if their compressors go down. So we want to make sure that they're reliable and going to stay running for our customers. And lastly, quality. The air quality is a big thing for our industry. And so this little raindrop may look very happy, but if our customers have water in their air, they're very unhappy and it can affect the quality of their um, their products, which we want to stay at the highest as possible. So um, we want to keep the water out of the air. So those are the three things that I focus on in my job um, as I size these systems for our, um, our customers. So why did I choose Ingersoll Rand? Well, besides the fact that I loved the opportunity to be a sales engineer, I get to be out of the office, hanging out in my car in some random town in Minnesota, visiting customers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I loved the opportunity. I think it really mixed my personality and my ability to speak with people as well as my engineering background and mix those two and uh, try and help these customers create these efficient systems and really get the most out of our product. But the number one thing um, or the number one reason I chose Ingersoll Rand was the culture of um, that was instilled by the people working there and what the culture I felt that I was going to be joining. And so I had worked with a lot of different companies over kind of my college career. I did internships and was on lots of different soccer teams. And so everybody talks about culture and what that means and uh, what that means to them and how good it is and why you should come work for them. And Ingersoll Rand never really touched on it. It was just the feeling that they gave me that I knew I was going to be supported and um, that they were gonna help me be successful. And so you can kind of think of it as, think of we're sitting in class in math class and you really cannot solve this math problem. It's so hard. Uh, you have no idea how to solve it. You don't know the steps and your teacher comes by and is able to show you the tools to be able to solve that math problem. And so that when you're taking a test or a quiz and you're by yourself, you know the strategies and know the tools to be able to create that answer. And so that's how I felt with Ingersoll Rand, that these people were going to give me the tools and give me um, the knowledge to be out. When I'm out with these customers by myself, I'll know what to do and I'll know how to be successful to answer their problems for them and um, try and help the customers as much as possible and be successful in doing that, just like your teachers do for you. And so all across Ingersoll Rand, everybody I met wants me to be successful. And I think that that is, for me, one of the most important things in culture is that there's people around you. If you're willing to work hard, the people around you should be willing to help you be successful successful, and help you get there. So that was um, kind of what was most important to me. So those people. Yeah, I love that last statement. If you're willing to work hard, the people around you, they should be on the same team. 
when you and I talked as we were just preparing for, for this episode, I could even just feel the authenticity in your voice as you were talking about the impact that that culture has had on you. And that's just a giant yeah. testament to Ingersoll. Yeah, it definitely is. And I mean, top leaders of the company that I've reached out to just to get leadership advice or um, just life advice from these people are always willing to give me their time when they have very little time in their day to dedicate to someone who just started in the company, they're willing to give me their time. And I think that's a testament to, again, like you said, Ingersoll Rand and what they're trying to build as a company. Um, and everyone's trying to help the company grow. So it's great. I've really enjoyed it. And I loved when you were talking about the book club and your opportunity to be a part of the company book club. Yeah. So when I wasn't working over the summer, um, because we were delayed because of COVID, I was supposed to start in June and got pushed October. Um, the people that I had met and the people that had hired me and mentors that were already starting to take me under their wing before I had even started, I wasn't even being paid in these people. Um, I was, there's no way for me to add value to them. These people were coming out of their way to include me in their book club and get me involved and invite me to meetings so that when I started, I could hit the ground running and learn as much as possible so that again, I could be successful down the road. I love that. Um, but so with work comes a paycheck and I, whether you like work or you don't like work, typically a paycheck comes at the end of the month. Um, I'm lucky enough that I get to spend all this time doing what I really like to do, which is growing and learning and, um, getting to help my customers and help the account managers that I work with. Um, so, but once you get this paycheck, it was, um, kind of like I said, right when I graduated college, I really, I wanted to know where my money was going and I wanted to pay attention to every dollar, um, that I was getting and know <clears throat> where it was going and what it was doing. And so kind of like Jean had mentioned a Roth IRA was a great place to put my money because I knew once I could take it out of my paycheck right away, I wouldn't even see it. It was going to go past me and I wasn't going to get the opportunity to spend it. I wasn't going to be tempted. It goes in there right away. I can send as much as I want. Um, well, up to $6,000 a year, which is the cap on the Roth IRAs. That's how much you can put in every year. It's going to go there right away and it's going to grow and I don't have to touch it or deal with it. And it's going to grow even when I'm not thinking about it. So that was a great option for me um, that I could have that money in there and know that when I retire, this is something um, it's not just in a savings account. It's not money folded up under my bed where I know it's safe also, but it's somewhere where it's continuing to grow. It's another form of making money really. Um, so I'm not even thinking of it as a retirement count of when I'm 60 or so ready to take that money out. I'm thinking about this is another avenue of me making money um, and not really even having to touch it or do anything about it. So I definitely think if Gene, if you want to add to that, or um, that was a great option for me right away. And it's um, something I'm very happy I did. Well, I love the slide you selected and, I, and I'll, I'll tie into your analogy. While you and I are talking right now, that money that you just referenced is working for you. You put those dollars to work uh, right. through your investments. And that's Pretty cool. I like to think of that as a multiplier effect. Haley, can I ask you the first question from our audience? Because we have a question on the Roth IRAs that 
um, fits right into this slide. Yes. Um, and this is, I mean, to show you the, the positive and potential impact that this conversation can have, this is a question from a fourth grader, a fourth grader who knows the term Roth IRA now. Um, Abby asks, how long do people need to save for Roth IRAs to make sure they have enough money to retire? That's a big question, Haley. Abby, that is a very good question. Um, and I'm going to answer it with not a very good answer, probably. So hopefully Jean can help me. <laughs> it depends. It depends. So it Great depends answer. on how much money um, you're putting in every month. Um, and it depends on how much money you want at the end, uh, what your lifestyle, what lifestyle you kind of want to live afterwards if you want to go and visit your kids and your grandchildren. Um, so it really just depends. And what's cool about Troutwood University is it helps you um, see how much the money that you're putting in now. Um, and it can help you help show you the end result of that money that you are putting in now. So Gene, if you want to add on that. I just love the way you answered that, Haley, because the the single, in my opinion, the single best reason for having a Roth IRA is, to your point, it lets you spend time with people you love. It's not a dollar amount. It's a lifestyle. Um, yes. It was really well said. Uh, Haley, we, we have a few, we have some more questions. I'm just, is it all right if we just rattle through the questions? Yeah, yeah let's questions. do it. Um, question, this is a question from Logan, a fifth grader. What space companies have used Ingersoll Rand technology? So the, I'm going to go with aerospace. I'm not sure of any kind of space astronaut companies. Um, whereas Ingersoll Rand kind of like I had mentioned is big in manufacturing. So if these aerospace or say NASA um, needs to manufacture pieces for their spaceship, they are going to need to make those parts. And so Ingersoll Rand could, the air compressors could help them make those parts. I don't know of if we are involved in that specifically, but in aerospace, kind of like I had mentioned before, we work with Delta here in the Minneapolis area. So we are involved in kind of the um, airplane industry. Our next question, this is from Rocco. Rocco asks, Haley, how did you become interested in the stock market? How did I become interested? Um, I feel like the stock market was always a scary thing for me. Um, everyone would talk about it, or not everyone, but people would talk about it, and I wouldn't really know what they were talking about. So um, I was always kind of scared to ask questions, so I didn't want to sound stupid, uh, which is definitely something that I struggled with for a while. But it one day I was just like, this seems like a great opportunity to learn. And I don't have to feel stupid about it because um, when I'm asking questions, it really just means I want to learn. And so asking Gene and people who are willing to answer those questions, like your parents or your siblings, um, if you are afraid of sounding silly or not knowing, which there's nothing wrong with that. But how I got interested is people would chat about it and I just wouldn't know. So I really just wanted to find out more about it. And the more I learned, the more I was interested in wanting to uh, be able to put my money away and have it grow for me. Was it as scary once you started as you thought it was? 
there is a lot of different avenues, uh, which was kind of overwhelming, uh, different ways of going about it. But the more I talk to people and kind of narrowed down what works best for me, I don't think there's, um, if it's what you want to do and you see value in it, I don't think there's a wrong way to go about it, uh, which is kind of, I always like one path and I want to know the right answer and to do the right thing. So that was what was hard for me because there are so many different avenues, but I just had to kind of go what I thought was best for me. And uh, mostly that was the Roth IRA and being able to invest through that. One more question. This is from Matilda, also a fifth grader. Matilda asks, are there a lot of companies that use Ingersoll Rand's tools? Yes, lots of companies. So like I had mentioned before, all over the world, 100,000 companies use Ingersoll Rand tools. And that is- That's and they a don't, big number. That's a giant yeah, number. That is a giant number. And so they don't just use Ingersoll's air compressors. Like we said, we have um, 40 or so brands that we sell different equipment and tools um, that they're also using as well. What's neat to think about, so you had mentioned, I think the number was 19,000 employees that Ingersoll Rand has, or may, maybe fewer than that, but around that number. But working with 100,000 companies, that's an incredible multiplier impact that one company can have. We have, there's people in my office that sit at their desk and get phone calls all day long about air compressors that are down or air compressors that need to be fixed and how we can help them and supply value to them. So it is even after we sell the air compressors, we are constantly talking to our customers and making sure kind of like I had mentioned before that they are keeping up that reliability, efficiency um, and making sure that our customers are happy. And those are both big companies and small companies, that 100,000. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Some of the customers we see have could have five employees to 500 to Coca-Cola who ha I have no idea how many they have, but they're all over the world. So. We touch, we touch everybody and our air compressors range from five horsepower to 200 horsepower and higher. So Haley, I have a question. Um, you graduated in the midst of COVID. You, you, yeah. you, what was that like? So it was very sad um, that we weren't able to kind of celebrate our accomplishments and working hard for four years and not being able to um, kind of celebrate and have my family in the area and walk across the stage in a cap and gown. But um, I felt very lucky. I graduated in May of 2020, but I had committed to work for Ingersoll Rand in the fall of 2019. So November. So I had had my job lined up already before COVID hit. So I was very lucky that I didn't have to deal with finding a job in that time. So even though it was really sad, I was feeling very, there was a lot of obviously a lot of people that were hurting in this time, losing jobs and the economy wasn't very good um, and a lot of different things happening. So I was very, in that regard, felt very grateful for this opportunity and Ingersoll Rand decided to keep us around. They were, um, they definitely could have dropped our program if they wanted to, but they saw value in the things that we were going to learn and um, hopefully eventually apply uh, to the company and help make money for them and make sure that we're doing good things for their customers. That's a good story. And, and Haley, having, having known you for a little while now, you, you were a leader on campus and you, you put on an initiative where you even 
shared your knowledge with your classmates when it comes to the financial education Roth IRA? Yes, um, yeah. So I um, was in a project management class my senior year and decided to, uh, for my project, was going to put on a seminar where actually I invited Jean to come speak to students um, about personal finance and uh, kind of the value that that has moving forward out of college um, and knowing what to do with your money right away to be successful in the future. Well, and having seen how successful that event was, I wanna challenge our educators to challenge their students to, to have those kind of initiatives because it was just hearing the questions that you sparked in your classmates' minds. These were questions they would not have asked had you not taken the initiative of putting on the event. So parents, educators, students, uh, be like Haley in that regard there and, and our fourth grader who knew what a Roth IRA was. Share that knowledge. That is awesome. Yeah, I agree. Haley, we had a great last question flashed across the screen there. I, I want to ask. Um, before we wrap up, and is that are there any new skills you are trying to learn at the moment for your career? This is from Sahana. I am trying to learn new skills every day. It is my I love my that answer mantra to move the needle every day is what I like to tell myself. Every day I walk away from work, I want to be learning um, a new skill, a new way to communicate, a new way to be successful in my field. But really, um, so specifically new skills I think there's some that I'm focusing on in my job but then in everyday life how to create habits that are going to make me successful I wake up every morning and I make my bed because I know that that's going to make me more efficient in the afternoon when I get home that I don't have to make my bed in the afternoon so there's just little things that I'm trying to improve on um, every day in all aspects of my life to um, to make myself more successful Haley, you inspire me. Well, you inspire me too. And so do you guys. I I definitely did not know what a Roth IRA was when I was in fourth grade. So I appreciate the questions and you guys um, taking the time to listen to what I have to say today. Um, I really appreciate you guys asking me to come speak. Uh, like, And before, before we sign off, Haley, I'm going to go back to my screen here because to our educators and our students watching, anyone interested in exploring careers at Ingersoll Rand, or even better understanding what Haley does. Uh, we have the Explore Careers icon on our company fact sheets. Ingersoll Rand has a terrific page where you can both explore the company, but also explore open positions. So uh, I would encourage students and educators to, to have some fun, see uh, what the jobs available are, try to find Haley's career here on Ingersoll's page. So right now I'm in what they call the sales development program. So they are training me to be an account manager uh, where I'll take a territory and sell to those customers in my territory. But that is what I'm in, the sales development program. So sales development program for any anyone watching uh, that, that wants to try to find that. Uh, Haley, I want to very sincerely say thank you. Uh, I'm proud to know you. I thank you for your time today. And thank you to all of our all of our viewers as well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you everyone for watching Travel With Live.
You've been listening to Watching Trees Grow, presented by Troutwood. Don't forget to subscribe both to our podcast and our YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. If you're interested in learning more about Troutwood, please visit us at troutwood.com or follow us on social media. A special thank you to our guests today and our host, Jean Natale. Our producers are Jeff Davidek, Maggie Mayer, and me, Kristen Malone. This podcast is not intended to provide legal, investment, or tax advice on any of the topics we've covered. Thanks for listening. Join us next time on another great episode of Watching Trees Grow.